and we're going to get some kind of uh, intro stuff going on here, generally associated with Lorena McKinnett. Oh, for a voice like thunder. senses are shaken and the soul is driven to madness, who can stand? When the souls of the oppressed fight in the troubled air that rages, who can stand? When the whirlwind of fury comes from the throne of God and the frowns of his countenance drive the nations together, who can stand? When sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death, when souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the slain, oh, who can stand? Oh, who hath caused this? Oh, who can answer at the throne of God? The kings and the nobles of the land have done it. Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. Damn ministers. All right, we'll get Lorraine out of the way. I think you guys can hear me this morning, hopefully. Thank you, Lullaby Out. We'll drop that volume down a little bit. Yeah, you sound great. And here we are on the Sabado edition. That's Saturday in Spanish. And it is July the 8th. One day deeper into the month of July, Roger Sales, your host. And, uh, of course, we do label our little get-together the Radio Ranch. And our little get-together gets out on several platforms, and this is when I give our excellent technological guy, Paul, the opportunity to stick his foot into the arena and tell us those platforms. <laughs> You're giving me the chance to step in it, then. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody should have that chance. Of course. Yeah, every, everybody should have that chance, at least once in their life. We're on Eurofolkradio.com. That, of course, is the flagship station. Uh, we're also on radio.globalvoiceradio.net. That's radio.globalvoiceradio.net. And normally during the week, we're on homenetwork.tv and freedomnation.tv. Sometimes we are on Saturdays, sometimes not. Today is not one of those days. Uh, During the week, you can also find us uh, at times on TikTok on the Anthony Berry 8625 channel. Channel that's Berry. We are live this morning. All right. All right. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we also uh, are periodically on Joe Lustica's Rumble channel. That is 1776ER. 1776ER. Don't know if we're there yet this morning. Does that stand for emergency so, room? Welcome to everybody on TikTok. Does that ER stand for emergency Sorry. room or something? I have no idea. Seventeen seventy six or E R. I guess. Er, it's like let's Mark. The ending of seventeen six seventy seventeen sixty. Er, er is like Mark and the straw man. Er. All right. Well, er. All that stuff. Oh, that would be R. R. 
ARR. Instead of ER. Yeah. <laughs> they pronounce it. Well, it's, welcome it's, to everybody on TikTok. How many how many have joined us so far today, Anthony? Don't know. How many? Don't know. He's fumbling for his mute. Yeah, something like that. Well, hmm. Good morning, kids. And only... Well, welcome to TikTok anyway. All right. Welcome to you. TikTok viewers, uh, good morning on the Saturday morning edition. Uh, so, gosh, all kinds of stuff's going on. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. It, it's hard to know where to start. I mean, it really is, you know. It really is. Um, it's incredible the assault they've put on us here from every direction. But the good news is it seems like the worm is turning to me a bit um, in the awareness area, uh, in things that are being exposed, and the repercussions Dutch, on our enemies. Do what, Paul? Dutch government, Dutch government uh, they all s- stepped down. No, I haven't heard that yet and, this morning. Good. Yeah. Good. Good with the kind of crap. They I was really, talking about that. Well, they've really got the the a bullseye on the Netherlands because they they produce some incredible amount of the world's food. Uh, I wish I could remember mm-hmm. the percentage, but man, I, they're a huge producer for a little country. And of course, they're trying to go in there and steal all the farms and shut down the nitrogen and you know all the other crap. And uh, uh, so that's good that the whole government stepped down against that new world order leader. What's his name? Ruta or something? Ruder? So, uh, something like that, I believe. The guy that's uh, pulling the strings over there for the uh, NWO. So uh, that's good. That's good. Um, more uh, more confrontation with these people and forcing them and forcing these issues out into the public. They can't win. They've never got the numerical superiority. They're just a handful of these sorry pieces of crap running the damn earth and all of this garbage. And uh, they're losing. That's what I see. So mm-hmm. that's good news, you know. Right. It leads up to. I I I had to switch. I had to switch connections. I I just ran out of memory. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. All right. Um. Well, it just leads up to. So, you know, I can't help but feel after doing this for so many years, you can't keep this information down. Now the 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 whole right. the ace and the whole card they've got is that they've made everybody so damn stupefied that it it, it narrows our percentage of people that are receptive, but maybe that'll change um, as things get worse. And it just seems to me that as the situation builds, and you can all see it out there building, uh, we're going to get to some point where somebody is going to break this information. Okay? It's just like I used to do with the record business with records, man. Well, it's uh, somebody got their mic open or want to say something. I'm trying to make sure that's not me. Okay. Roger, uh, I have a comment. Okay. <laughs> it was. It was Samuel. Yes, Samuel. Yeah. I wasn't making any noise, though. Um, but anyway, I did have my mic open. I uh, was waiting for a chance to say something, but uh, well, go ahead. last night on True News, um, they reported that 
Biden is planning to give the United Nations authority to be in control of the next world epidemic or whatever problem that comes up. Yeah. Well, they've got a big uh, they're going to give that authority. They've been meeting over there with the UN. Uh, they had a, a meeting earlier. They're going to imagine they're going to try and, and push it, but the thing scheduled was for next May on the vote. They were changing the regulations from the UN underneath. But, you know, all those things are, are, are right, probably. But should Biden do that, how do they enforce it, Samuel? Well, the people in this country, how do they force you being a citizen? <laughs> people don't have any idea what their rights are. They can only enforce And don't enforce it. Well, that may, listen, that may be the catalyst that gets us, gets somebody's damn attention around the country. Uh, because they can yeah. only enforce it regulatorily. Only the agencies can enforce it. Yeah, they said this is not going to be a treaty. This is just going to be Joe Biden saying, yeah, go oh, ahead, he do that. He doesn't have that authority. He doesn't have that authority. <laughs> um, the um, You know, I was uh, thinking a little bit about Joseph calling in yesterday and reading that thing from South Carolina uh, about the state and the agencies and the agents and all that under color of law. Well, anytime you see the word administrative agency, it's color of law, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. The, the agencies are only there because of the change in government with the bankruptcy. That's when they sprouted up. They're only there under color of law. Nobody knows that, though, Roger. It's like well, this, uh, uh, you know, it ain't, it ain't balancing right. You know, I'm I'm sorry they don't know it. it, it it's only not from my lack of trying. I understand, and it, it, we're all trying, but like right now, this Joel Selatin, he, uh, he's against taking grants from the government, but he has a meatpacking place that he ships, that he owns, that does certain things for him, but he does, he wants to offer his clients in Virginia meat sticks. Well, he has to ship his pork and his meat all the way to Missouri to turn them into that and then bring them back to wherever he sells it to his clients. And the only way he can take his meatpacking place and make that work is accept a grant from the government, which he's against. So I'm in the process of writing him a blog about opening his mind up to our process and what goes on there and potentially get all his people into PMAs and leave the system. Well, great. I don't even know about this guy. He's new to me. What's his name, uh, Samuel? Joe Sullivan? Joel, Joel Sullivan. He's called the lunatic farmer. I've mentioned him a few times on the show before. Okay. And he's got this, a... Um, this guy is a crazy organic farmer. He uses different animals and different crops to maintain the soils and uh, keep pests away and everything else. The guy is just, yeah, he's, he's a crazy natural farmer and he, he turns struggling farms completely around and makes them profitable. 
Well, good for him. And he's constantly up against the regulations. He says, has a statement he makes all the time, Roger. He says, everything we want to do is illegal. And I'm trying to get through to him to show him that well, there's another way. You know, and good. farmers would be perfect for this message. I okay, think. well, he's a They're perfect independent. Right. He's a, he's a perfect example of somebody that's in the mire here, and we can't get to him with this information. Uh, I'm encouraging every, everybody here to get on his blog, and 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 as a group, we start telling him about you know our our website and that there's an option here for him outside of where they're thinking. And he's got a lot of followers, and he's written several books. He's tri- he's retired. His family sort of runs the place, so he's traveling the country and giving lectures everywhere. Roger, he would be a perfect person to move this message throughout the country. Well, let's hope Am and I pray. Actually... What, Mer? Polyfacefarms.com is his website. Talk right in the microphone again, Paul, and get repeat it, please, Mer. Polyfacefarms.com. Poly, P-O-L-L. One L. P-O-L-Y. Mm-hmm. Poly base. Yeah, and it's in swoop. I'm sorry. Poly based farms. Polyface. Poly F A C E. Polyface farms. Okay. Well, he sounds like the kind of guy who would be open to our information. Quite frankly, if he's that big a rebel, yeah, he's usually in, the rebels that are open. He's in, to this. He's in swoop. For, he's in swoop, Virginia, Roger, which is in the Shenandoah Valley, Ooh, and he beautiful. sort of inherited 500 acres from family, uh-huh. and it was kaput. The land was run out and broken, and he has turned it into a little mecca. And he never used any fertilizer. He just used good methods. Right. He serves something like 21 restaurants now, and um, lots of people come and, you know, I mean. Well, this is going to be an easy to do with you. Don't go against nature. For instance, he has a big wagon with the chickens, and he pulls that around that has their nests in it. And they clean up after where the grazing has been done. And with the pigs, he puts them in an area in the woods, and they root that all out and clean it up. Then he moves them to a different section. Okay, so he's got his chickens in a portable house, and he just moves them around and sets them down on the ground to clean up the land. Did I get that right? Yeah, well, it's up in a wagon, you know, so it's up kind of high, so, so they're protected. Paul, what the hell's wrong with Murr's uh, setup over there? I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> there's there's an echo bag coming from somewhere. I'm trying to find it. So, um, what what he does is he uses he uses a chicken tractor. Mm-hmm. He uses a chicken a tractor and and he moves the chickens across the field. And then what does he follow the chickens with? Um, I'm not exactly sure. We're all waiting. So. I mean, I'm hanging. Well, the chickens are following where the pasturing's been done. Mer. So the cleaning up after the cattle. Okay. Whatever's wrong, Mer, with what you're set up. Muted. It's it, it really is distracting from what you got to say. 
I don't know I'm how sorry. many mics and how many browsers and stuff you got open, no, but I, there's some kind of problem. I think there. someone had the mute open, Rhonda. Yeah, no, it, in, the, in the conference call. Anyway, Roger, the, the the blog he's putting out today is he's asking for counsel from all his people to tell him how to approach this dilemma. He's calls himself a Christian. He calls himself a liberal. He's against, you know, the FDA and the ADA and big government. And I just want him. I was in going to start okay. sending him a note here and all telling right. him that well, you can get out of all of those things if you start looking at changing your status and then with your clients you can go to if they don't understand you can go to pma with them and you know okay here do you you have an email address for him or are you leaving a message on his blog he once you get get into his uh, site there's a blog and i'm i'm a subscriber so i get notices when i his blog comes in uh, is there a contact? Is there a contact? Is there a contact? There is a contact. I'll send it to you. Yeah, Murr, you're the only one that's echoing back like that. So I okay. think you're you're in two different places. Let's get his email and see. We got listeners here uh, live. We got people that are going to listen later. I guess. Uh, let's drop him an email. Uh, let's barrage the guy, okay? Uh, he gets one from Samuel. He's probably got all kinds of stuff on his plate that might not register, but he gets 20 or 30 of them. Maybe it'll register. You know, Roger, when John was on, I mentioned it to John that he might check this out as well and uh, because John could take at least a piece of his thing and start Right. At least around the house where he has to live right. and have it go organic. That'd be great. And at least protect his um, person I mean, a little bit. You we know? hadn't heard from yeah. John since we uh, intercoursed with him a bit ago, but uh, I know he's slammed. Okay. you got to be slammed with that being thrown on his plate. Um, oh, yeah. Pardon me, Marka? I sent him a message, too, and I sent him the link from that oh, okay. website that... Well, it sounds like, you know, this food deal is going to be a big deal. And I've talked on here before. What I see coming is a lot more community uh, in our future. Uh, People have moved out in the country. uh, They may be out of the city. They don't know their neighbors. You need to uh, uh, start meeting your neighbors, okay, if you don't have a relationship. And that's been kind of a trend over the last no telling how many decades of not really knowing your neighbors or having anything to do with them well this is going to reverse that it should especially in the areas where we can grow food and do their own thing like that and i believe that may be a real positive coming out of this as we go forward uh and of course that what he's doing and what we're doing fit right perfectly dovetail right perfectly into that okay roger it it it, it's sort of uh funny to me that you know we, we we talk about the slaughterhouse cases all the time and one of the big funnels for all these little independents are getting animals slaughtered so that they can go to the market and be sold because without doing that they are committing a crime and he said that like if you take the case of a pig he says 
the backup is so bad on the getting an appointment at a slaughterhouse for your animals, you have to make an appointment for a pig that is unborn oh. to have it slaughtered. Oh, my God. Oh, well, I, and that's you know. just one of the dilemmas that these independents face because everything is geared for the big guy and to wipe them out. The of same course. thing is happening here in California. Eighty percent of the land, over 80 percent, almost 90 percent of the land in California and, and almost that much of its production is run by family farms and they are being crushed by the system. This is a big group of people that we need to get the message out and joel would be the kind of guy that is doing it anyways and trying to make a difference well he just was in front of congress it's it uh, last week i think or week two weeks ago and telling them what the problems are you know like you were that right yeah roger yes well english brought up all that on monday he was talking about families and um, people farming and, you know, getting getting a hold of, of families and, and having them, you know, learn about what we're doing and work well, together. I mean, here, I've been here for 12 years trying to tell them. 12 years, 12 and a half. Most of these people are conservative Christians. Right up our alley. We just got to get the message out, folks. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here for 12 and a half years virtually every day, giving this information out, looking for new students, trying to figure out, help people get through it and get their minds wrapped around what's going on. And, uh, but now I can't do anymore. It's got to be you. You're the one that's got to get out there and spread the message. So that's why I say we've got to work as a team here, okay? And if you're not doing that, you're really short-sheeting yourself because you're only trying to protect your own position in your own local area. The only way I can help protect my liberty is to help you protect yours. Well, these people don't even know what the hell liberty is. And this is how they're driving up food prices and of and, course, and, and, and crushing production. Of course. And nobody knows the plight of the farmers. Nobody I ever. Hearing... It, it's it's the, the, the guy that I listened to on Paul Preston the other day, he's a senator in the California state. He's, uh, I think, five generations California farmer. Is, is he the one that and got he's it? basically saying everything the legislature does is to crush the California I saw, farmer. I saw that clip of him saying that in the Senate in California and that he was a multi-generational Californian and that as soon as his term was over, him and his family were returning to America. That was his word. That's a different guy. That. Yeah, that's a different guy. That was a senator, I think, and the other guy I'm talking about was a representative. But yeah, and, it's, and yet, and yet, folks, Gavin Newsom is who they're going to replace Biden with to run for president. Gavin Newsom that has perpetuated and caused all of this crap in a large respect. Yeah, he's he's a dictator. I hope he's DOA, baby. So, 
Uh, and I a Republican by the name of Arnold Schwarzenegger set 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 this all up so that there would be no more Republican Party yeah, in this Repub- state. Republican in name only. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think that's a good angle. This guy seems like a real pivot guy. If we can get uh, if Merck can find his email address or put the. Uh, in addition, put the uh, Poly Farm, whatever the URL is, and people go over there. I mean, take a couple of minutes of your day and do this, folks. Yeah, it's Poly Face Farms. This is better, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. So I found which one I needed to mute, and now the one's on mute. <laughs> so, yeah, polyfacefarms.com, and there's a contact page there where, you know, just ask for your information, send it in. So, um, yeah, he has a podcast. It's a dollar a month minimum, but I just like the name. It's Beyond Labels Podcast. Ingredients, health, truth, and liberty may contain nuts. (laughs) (laughs) So he has has a a co-host, co-partner thing, uh, Dr. Sina McCullough. S-I-N-A, so I'll have to look them up, see who that is. But uh, just go over to his website, find his blog, get his contact. We're going to put it up here if we can get it, I guess. And just drop him a note. This can alleviate your problems. Yeah, it's in the the Roger Sales, Dr. Tango, and in a couple other ones, but Roger Sales is where you'll find it. I mean, there's... There's a couple of really, really good paragraphs on uh, Polyface Farm's Wikipedia page. I can read them real quick. Kind of outlines what he does. Yeah, he's a pretty good writer. Shoot. Okay. As Salatin bases his farm's ecosystem on the principle of observing animals' activities in nature and emulating those conditions as closely as possible. Salatin grazes his cattle outdoor with uh, small pastures enclosed by electrified fencing that is easily moved each evening in an established rotational grazing system. Animals manure fertilizes the pastures and enables Polyface Farm to graze about four times as many cattle as on a conventional farm, thus also saving feed costs. The small size of the pastures force the cattle to mob stock or to eat all the grass. Polyface raises cattle, pasture meat, chickens, egg layers, pigs, turkeys, and rabbits. The diversity in production better utilizes the grass, breaks pathogen cycles, and creates multiple income streams. The meat chickens are housed in portable feed shelters that are moved daily to a fresh salad bar of new grass and away from yesterday's droppings. All manure is distributed by the chickens directly onto the field. His egg-laying chickens are housed in mobile trailer-style Coops he calls eggmobiles that allow four days or that follow four days after the cattle when flies in the manure are pupating. The chickens get 15% of their feed from this while scratching the pupate. The chickens also distribute the cow manure across the field. So what he's doing is he is doing rotational farming on a 500-acre farm. He starts with chickens, he starts with cattle that rotationally graze. The chickens follow the cattle. They spread the cow manure out in the field, and they're eating the larvae and the bugs and stuff that, that are in the cow manure. They get their feed from there, and then he uh, he says... 
if you smell manure on a livestock farm, you are smelling mismanagement. Yeah. So everything possible is done to allow grass to absorb the fertilizer left behind by the animals. So that's what he does. He's yeah. he's using he's using biblical methods of farming. He's using his head. He's emulating nature. Yeah, regenerative, they like to call it. He also has apparently the lunaticfarmer.com. <laughs> that, that's the one I'm that's the blog. Okay. That's the blog I'm I use. Doesn't so. sound like too much of a lunatic to me. Well, he is to the outside world and to government. <laughs> well, he follows the moon. Any, anybody that's not a commie is is considered a lunatic by these idiots. Mm-hmm. But Roger, I, I I come from a part of Wisconsin. It's the the three most milk producing counties in the world. And if, if these days there, if you're not milking maybe fifteen hundred cows, you're you're really not in business. And it, they've created a mess. Um, it's it's everything by the Department of and the University of Wisconsin and how to squeeze that cow and get the most out of her. You don't even raise your own offspring. That goes to another facility. Um, the, of course, the, the males are all butchered um, right away. I mean, it, it's awful. Welcome to insanity. Well, you yeah, know, there's no humanity on... left in farming anymore. In, right. If you go with what the universities are putting out. Right. And it's all for bottom line money, 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 profit, profit, profit. In in a debt market currency that you're the damn collateral for. One of the biggest problems yeah, Joel it, Salatin has is the traditional belief or the, the university belief that animals are soulless beings that are only raised to be butchered. Well, that's what they he think He looks about at us. all of the animals on his farm as God's creatures. Well, that's how they look at us, Paul. Yep. Yep, well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame what we've, we've allowed our universities to do to everything in this country but farming i mean my dad listened to them we sprayed ddt openly in our orchard we had 63 orchard we would drive through there on the way driving out the ddt would be dripping off the trees onto us we didn't think anything of it uh you we use 245t which is a uh to make uh, this is back then to make corn grow you could see this crap grow but it was so poisonous because it was the same as the crap we were dumping on vietnam basically um <laughs> and then we use hydrosomonia which had to be harrowed into the ground because it was so poisonous i'm sorry i got the two that was the the corn growth um i, I mean everything is turned in i mean and that's why i mentioned to john and then he mentioned back oh yeah his dad died of some horrendous oh, yeah. freaking cancers right no, because he was it? handling all of the herbicides and pesticides it was his uncle and that's not and our he, food too he, yeah and he did spray everything except their corn their corn is evidently organic and not gmo because yeah. they've got the contract with one of the big whiskey distillers 
Well, they're still probably allowed to spray that, Roger, even though that it's Could it's be. a non-GMO corn. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm so sick of these damn bastards. I could puke. I got the damn re, I got the way we can yank their damn legs out from under them and we can't get people to listen. I think the, the, the people that are using the chemicals just don't know how to use them correctly. I mean, I've had discussions with, uh, with Joe from Oklahoma. Uh, judicious use, conservative use of chemicals is sometimes necessary, but you don't need to dump 10 gallons of something on something when a quart will do. It's just, you know, um, the way it is. Samuel, I saw something real interesting on the, um, uh, on Owen. He showed a clip of a, AI guided weed killer that kills with light. And it was like a big uh, combine out on the farm. It's going down the rows and light, some kind of light is being pulsated in three or four different places repetitively. Laser. Probably. And uh, it takes care it of the weeds. It takes care of the weeds. Uh, that was pretty cool. You know, there's no, no poison, no nothing, although you don't know. I don't think the light would poison the crops, but anyway, that was that was pretty cool application of all this fancy technology that could be used for good instead of evil. Don't forget, everything in life has a dialectic, folks. All these things can be used for good. These bastards use them for evil. Even Zyklon B, which was basically the Germans' um, formula of DDT was to kill lice so yep. that people's lives would be saved, not extinguished. And Zyklon B was better than DDT because it broke down in nature quickly. Right. But, of course, we covered the world with DDT and got rid of Zyklon B and gave it a black name. Of course. I remember seeing, I think it was that guy. I don't remember if it was the Elector uh, or Cole. Maybe an Elector. You're familiar. I know Murr is. The Lecter, Fred Luther? Le- yeah, Fred. Yeah. What's his le- I thought it was Lecter. Was it Luther? Uh, Luther. L-A-U-C-H-T-E-R, L- I think. Luther. The audience doesn't know about this. They probably don't. Hadn't seen that in a while circulating. He was the guy that designed all the gas chambers in the United States. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he went over to Auschwitz and went to the supposed gas chambers. And when the guide had her back turned, he took a little file and took some samples out of the wall. Okay? And uh, then he went over to the room where they had taken the clothes off all of the incoming inmates and deloused them because that was the problem was lice and took a sample out of that room. And the walls in that room were purple. Evidently, Zyklon B leaves a purple uh, tint behind it. And mm-hmm. when he took it back to his laboratory, the plaster he had taken sample from the supposed gas chambers, there's virtually none in there. And he went over where they had gassed the clothes, of course, and it was off the charts. Um it's it's just all one big damn lie from these people. And the reason he did this this was this was during the trial in uh, Canada was, uh, for Ernst Zundel. Ernst Zundel, right? 
Right. And he's, a, like you said, a professional. And he went over there to prove it was true and proved and found out, you know, it was the exact opposite. Yeah. So, And he wrote a report was, on it. There's a book he wrote that circulates called The Lecter Report, however he spells his name there. And, of course, like mm-hmm. anybody else that uh, – Oh, who's the historian? I can't think of his name right now. Wrote all the Hitler and all the World War II books from England. Um, uh, David and, Irving. David Irving. Yeah. Anybody like that? They they had their lives ruined just because they tried to come over and uh, testify for Ernst Zundel. Yeah, the Jews right. the movie did I, not. Go ahead. I heard that when they took him to the location where the Jack, where the uh, so-called gas chamber was the big one right not the ones for fumigating clothes he says you got to be kidding me <laughs> yeah. oh yeah it's all ruins there's no structure or anything there to, to pull this off unless you wanted to gas your the people doing the gassing and everything else you know under jim rizzoli and you'll probably the other thing that people don't realize is the train systems that went from the eastern front back into germany they had tunnels that were big enough to fumigate a, over a hundred cars at a time. They could have, if they wanted to extinguish people with that deadly gas, but they weren't up to that. They were getting rid of the lice so they wouldn't move disease around. They would fumigate the entire train line. <laughs> they didn't need to make gas chambers. Yep. Well, folks, the the best thing we can hope for is that all of their lives get exposed as we go forward. There's a bunch of them getting exposed right now, and I think they're apoplectic over this January 6th thing. Because when that gets proven, it opens the door to line 11 to everything else. Okay? Okay, Whole hoax, etc. Yes, Marco. I just wanted to say, um, I know there's people that are being very polite and waiting to jump in, so well, we can uh, get some people. Okay, well, then let's, sto- let's stop the conversation because nobody came in at the first, so we go off on well, this they, trail. Is I'm there just, anybody? I'm just saying they might have to be sure about what, we're, what it's being talked okay, about. Okay, well, if, if anybody's got questions, that's what we're here for. We discuss these other things because nobody with questions comes forward. Bruce. Thank you, Roger. Well, the buildings that they said were uh, the uh, gas chambers weren't built until after the war. That's right. And every one of the camps were behind Russian lines. Every one of that them. Big, that big chimney, right, that they like to show, right? That was built by the Russians in 47, and it's not even attached to anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one big lie. You know, I was watching. Does anybody, any of y'all watch Jay Dyer? I have. Okay. I don't know. He, he, he guest hosts uh, Jay's Analysis, I think, is his website. Super sharp guy. Uh, very intellectual. Yeah. Uh, has gone back and read all of these uh, books and their papers and everything. Some of them multiple times he's read them. Uh, and he puts a lot of that stuff together. And what on the show yesterday, he was talking about a meeting he had with a oh, one of these inside guys and somebody else who was talking about how they manage perception. And isn't that what we're talking about right now? 
Roger, did you say Jay Dyer? Yes, D-Y-E-R, I believe. Uh, he, is I saw name. an interview with him and uh, Richard Grove. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, it, they're really fun to listen to. Right. I think it was maybe Grove and another guy that he was talking about that this uh, idea that he discussed yesterday, he takes up the last hour of Alex on Friday and uh, about how they manage perception. And it's not whatever the event is. It's how you perceive it that they manage. And that's exactly what we're talking about right here. Managing perception of reality. Yeah, Keith Rogers had an RBN show called Perception Management. <laughs> Pretty good. So uh, I sent that to you, Roger, and on the uh, Lunatic Farmer site is uh, a contact for media and business. So we could all jump in there, but probably good if you did yourself, too. Well, the problem well, I've experienced, Murs, nobody wants to listen to me. I tell them I got an answer, and they go, oh, yeah, sure, and they go off somewhere else. That's and my problem. It, it, same thing happened to Christ, remember? <laughs> Nobody in his family or country would listen to him. You know, he, he left places because his, he didn't believe. We all did his, it. His last, his, his last blog, so people know what they're looking for, is he's looking for counsel. I think that's the name of it. Because he doesn't know what to do. He's, you know... Everybody's in this dilemma of making decisions that are against what they believe in because they're trying to survive. And, and all they have to do their is open their ears and their mind, file one sentence on one piece of paper to one guy, and it all goes away. It all goes away. Maybe I'll go in and post the episode from today in there so they can hear everything we talk about. Well, I'd rather somebody give him one of those good interviews, but you got to get somebody to sit down, open their mind, and listen to it. Here's somebody they never heard is of there telling anybody, them they've got the ultimate damn is there answer, anybody in this? and they don't believe it. I'm sorry. I was just wondering, Roger, if there's anybody in this, wherever Swoop, Virginia is, um, yeah, that's the Shenandoah Valley, that I know, but Swoop must be a pretty small little town. Well, uh, that area of Virginia, we got a, we got some guys in Virginia, in western Virginia out there. I don't know if they're listening. Um, so, anyway, well, the only thing I know to do is get put one step in front of the other, do these radio shows every day, try and motivate people to talk to other people about it and see if we can grow it from the base up because we can't get anybody to listen, people. I spent two hours on the phone with Todd Callender. Two hours laying this all out, sending him backup stuff to verify it. Didn't get his attention. Rogers, Bruce. Go ahead, Bruce. I uh, put my affidavit in the window. I laminated it and put it in my car window. And people come by and look and see, ask me, what in the world is that in your window of your, your van? I, I mean, all of and you. I, I sit down and tell them. 
uh, all of y'all can do it in your little town. Go to the library. The library always has a room that they'll let people use for community service stuff. Go into a library. You print up some flyers. You want to know the truth of what's really happening, however you want to phrase it. Go deliver it to friendly businesses in town. Have them put it on their counter and let people take it. Go put it up and post it around town. If you can, maybe even put a damn ad in the newspaper and see who shows up. I mean, I used to drive 30 minutes across town each way in, in, in Atlanta when I didn't have the money to spend on the gas to go give these meetings. And I'd drive over there, and sometimes nobody would show up. But I was there. Roger, when I, when I go shopping, you know, I, I'm always cash. I don't really use a credit card. I don't even have one in my name. When they run the run the bills through the verification thing, I always use that as an opportunity to say, uh, usually say something like, "Well, I guess you're verifying whether the counterfeit money is real." Is counterfeit or not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I usually go into the Federal Reserve if anybody's listing, and then I try to slip into the uh, how you can get out of this system that they built for us. It's a fraud. They recognize it when you confront them on that. The more of us that do that, the more secure we all are. And then we even have a chance of affecting some change. But none of that happens until we start doing it, working as a team, going out there, talking about this, trying to secure your own liberty, setting up local meetings. I mean, look at Gary. Gary and Gina in Flathead County, Montana, have got over 50 people a week coming on Monday nights to those meetings. In Flathead County, Montana. So what do you want to do? You have to remember Gary and Gina are Christian to the max and pray and practice biblical type stuff, you know, like seven year rotation with your seven, the seventh year off of your planting, right? And how that makes the, you know, so they're, uh, you, you've got to be connected spiritually. It's not separate from physical. Three men, three men. One now deceased, one you met last Tuesday. And what did, have spent what, what did Glenn one, say the other day, Roger? Uh, let me he, finish. He said now. something like it rained over the farm that they prayed would get the rain. Right. Okay. I'm going to go back. I'm going to start that again. Three men have dedicated their lives to this. One of them's not with us anymore. One of them was with us on Tuesday and me. We have literally put our lives on the back burner to synthesize and understand this and deliver it to you where it is understandable. What are you going to do with it? That's the question for you. Whoever you may be, whenever you may be hearing this, that's a question for you. What are you going to do with it? Samuel. Yeah, I, another thing I noticed uh, when Merka mentioned about um, the other day, um, Stamper and his 
his resume and and whatever and I noticed that he was born in 1940, which would make him a contemporary of uh, of Glenn. Glenn. Oh, so Glenn. he would be right, 83, right. and Glenn said he was 84. Right. So, I mean... I know we're making know. progress, and the thing is, is the progress that we make, you're you're not associated with. You know, I mean, it's happening from somebody I don't know talking to somebody else that I don't know, and and, and however it's spread. And I got a real nice little voice message the other day from Tim, our pilot buddy out in Tucson, and he said, you know, I I, I know you're frustrated, but it's happening. You just don't know it, okay? And I do understand that, like a network marketing company, okay. Uh, those things happen away from you, and you're, you're not directly associated with what's going on, so you don't realize the progress that's being made. I understand that's happening, but boy, I get frustrated as hell, folks. I mean, the, the, the Todd Callender situation, the Ron Avery situation, all those. Man, do you do you sense the frustration? Thank you. So anyway, we just do the best we can. Um, you know, we had Brandon on here a couple of weeks ago. Oh man, you got it, you got it. I'm gonna go rebuild. You want to be on Alex Jones? We'll talk to Rena Labo, and he sends me emails with these other pastors. I hadn't heard a word from him since two weeks. I hadn't had any of these pastors. I hadn't had any of these not pastors. Not my damn email down. Not going. When can email. we talk? When can we talk? I hadn't had that happen. I hadn't heard from Rena Labo. There's uh, um, a new student that's jumping on. Um, I don't know if he's here yet. He's uh, trying to unmute on uh, Okay, conference. well, just join in the discussion when you unmute. We're here for you. We're here for the new people to get you clarified up and maybe make you a, 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 a better warrior, okay? Uh, get your confidence up. You're not scared of these bastards. It's all fraud. They're They're fakes. They got a bunch of money and they can influence people with it. That's the extent of their power, except for this. We take this out from under them, and now you not only gain your freedom, but they get exposed on every level simultaneously. Do you understand that's what happens when you file this paperwork? You get your freedom, and they get exposed on every level. With one sentence on one piece of paper to one guy. I like it. So Merka had asked me about this government step down. I had to think for a minute. She gave, told me Netherlands. So yesterday they stepped down. And they would have sooner if it weren't for the Ukraine thing. And it's over these refugees bringing in too many people. Oh, the refugees. Oh. I thought it was because they're stealing their farms. That too. Boy, did you. I, did you uh, Owen had Tommy. Uh, Oh, what's that? Tommy Robinson on yesterday for a segment or two. Did any of y'all see that? Holy smokes. Now, the problem I've got with Tommy Robinson from from the earlier things, y'all know who he is? I know Murr does. Everybody yes. else know who he is? He's a crook. Don't listen to him. Well, I'm not sure, Murr. You ought to see what he said, what the, that segment said yesterday. Don't pass judgment too quick. His problem is he was against the Muslims, and so the Jews came to his aid. But now the Jews have turned on him. Okay? 
because of an incident of a 15-year-old Syrian refugee that uh, supposedly, they said, got beat up at school. And Robinson goes in, does, and I don't remember all of the involvement, but he got very involved in it. He, they started trying to uh, charge him. He tried to put out that the guy was a thug. And they went back. He had five teachers. He had five other witnesses. And they brought them all into court on the on his charges to try and vindicate himself that they were coming after him because he had brought the situation to light. And the, the uh, British government had tried to use it as a, oh, look at this poor Syrian refugee getting beaten up. This guy's a damn thug. He'd knifed people. He had a knife and a... Uh, uh, a screwdriver in his backpack he had gotten in fights uh he had uh, all, all kinds of crap they had actual witnesses and the judge said no they're all lying and he's telling the truth and now so robinson for two years has uh, made a film with all this all these witnesses and everything and they said if he puts that out they're going to throw him in jail so somebody in the u.s got a hold of it and put it out and he has had to leave England and is in Spain right now. Okay, it was a a, a horror story. I mean, you talk about judicial. I mean, it, it, it's just just uh, 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 oh, with this star chamber crap. Okay, literally. Yeah, I see that. Well, you know his real name, right? It's not Tommy Robinson. Well, I it's, don't know. I don't know what his real name is, Mar. I just his real know. name is Stephen Christopher Yaxley Lennon, and he has a yeah Rebel News. If you don't know who that is, that's Jewish also. So, so anyway, that was a very interesting interview. It was a travesty of a court situation, and uh, it shows the extent these people are going to. Yeah, they they want the the, the uh, conflict, you know. Want the conflict real bad. That, get they that even, hot war going. That, even, that really makes money. They even then had they this, back up the interest. They <laughs> even had that little thug in front of Parliament, the little Syrian thug, trying to aggrandize yeah, him, and and a hundred and what the the British. I think he, he put up a give send go for him or something. They contributed like a hundred and something pounds to the guy. Here's this thug that's going around. Uh, uh, you know, he stabbed somebody in school. He wouldn't listen to female teachers. Uh, it just all the the typical militant uh, Islam crap. Crap. Yeah, all participants are unmuted. <laughs> yeah, okay, everybody's unmuted now. Does somebody have something to say or you just want to leave your mute up? I'm just going to shut up. I'm going to let you people do the damn show, okay? All that's going on in the conference room? What are you even here for? Sorry. I think... Sorry. That, that was me. I was resetting the conference room, and I got locked out of my computer, so I had to use my tablet, and I didn't know which buttons to push. Now people in the conference room can press star six and unmute themselves. I had it locked 
when I was trying to figure out why Murr was echoing so weird. My fault. Huh. I did it. Huh. It's, it's all fixed now. Huh. Buttons. <laughs> Buttons. And then Irv was going to jump in if he's on, hopefully. Um, star six, Irv. Irv, front and center. Hello, how you doing? Uh, Irv Smith, I'm out of Delaware. I've been listening to you, Roger, for six months or so, Hi. at least. And um, just the way things work, it's just this is the first opportunity I had to come on and say hi. Good. Uh, I appreciate everything you guys do, Mer, Paul. It's, it's awesome. Well, good for you, Irv. And, what, um, what part of Delaware? You're not like yeah, Biden's I, neighbor or anything over there, are you? <laughs> no, please, no. Not a chance. Um yeah, I'm in the middle of the state. I'm down in Smyrna, basically. Um, but he's he's got a place up north, a place down south, and it's you know I was hoping to get rid of him, but not that way. Uh, yeah, right. But, you know, it is we're, what it is. We're all hoping to get rid of that so, piece um, of crap. <laughs> I agree. Um, I have a few questions. Okay. Uh, I've done I've done the passport. I've done uh, the letter. I actually have my son. He's 19. He's done it also with me. Um, I do have a question on, I'm a big gun guy. So yeah. if you could put me in touch with your gun guys too, that would help. Cause I have a, a massive amount of people that are waiting to hear on a few items. And, um, well, what are I your questions on that? Okay. Well, Micah is our main gun guy, I guess. And he doesn't appear to be here today. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can field your questions. What might they be? Uh, cause I've heard you before state, that once you become a national, then you know all the the ABCDs go away. Um, but how, when you go to purchase a gun, um, do you, you still thought the same? Well, I think it's a forty four seventy six. Is that the form? Somebody might know. I think that's what how Mike refers it to. That's the form that you fill out to purchase a firearm. It used to be that yes, that was right. the only form we've ever found where they asked him, oh, are yeah. you a citizen? 4473, yeah. Are you a citizen of the United States or a resident? Or a national, excuse me. Are you a citizen of the United States or a national? Now, who knows? They may have changed the form. That was a little, you know, a while back. But that was the only place we've ever seen them where they ask you the two different statuses. I can tell you this. Mike wrote uh, BATF and said, I'm a national. And I think sent him a copy of the affidavit and said, well, how do I go about buying a silencer? Uh, and they won't answer him. A suppressor. Even if you call it the right thing, they won't. <laughs> so here's here's the deal. Or uh, it, Was it Irv? Irv Irving? Yes. Uh, um, uh, if you go and you can verify this with your people okay go to 27 cfr that's code of federal regulations batf and look on the first page and see what their jurisdictional statement is okay you know what it is i can tell you what it is Uh, no i don't know without looking residence there's 50 there's 50 titles okay let's go back to the start there's three sets of law books in the law library there's the organic statutes at large that's where laws when they're passed by the senate and the house and signed by the president go they're considered to be constitutional okay 
Then they move them either in whole or in part over to a middle set of law books called the United States Code. That's the statutes. Okay? And then there's a third set of law books called the Code of Federal Regulations. And that's the administrative state. So what they do is they take legislation that's passed and then they pass it through this middle section of books, the code. Why do you think they call it code? Which is nothing more than the Roman civil law. Okay. And then they transfer it by subject matter to the appropriate agency. They reinterpret the law that was passed by Congress and turn it into a regulation. That's the deep state. The regulatory state, all of these 600-plus administrative agencies that are staffed and run by unelected bureaucrats that reinterpret the laws passed by Congress, sometimes 180 degrees in opposite of the original intent of the legislation, and put it out in regulatory form. That's who deals with the serfs. Once you've done this, with the exception of two obscure sections of the Internal Revenue Code, there's not another section in that entire 50 group of law books of a regulatory scheme that applies to you. Okay. Okay? So, of the 50 books, Irv, 49 of them say residence. There's only one that has both statuses listed, and that's IRS, because two sections of the code are constitutional, so they've got to recognize that other side. And my personal feeling has been, if we could ever get any truth out of the Secretary of State, that I think you'd find all of these creeps at the higher echelons have an affidavit on file. That's why they don't pay taxes. Okay. I can see that. All right. So all of the other ones, with the exception of IRS, their jurisdictional statement is residence. This is what built up after the bankruptcy to take care and make public policy or regulatory schemes called public policy for the serfs, for the serf class. Man-made laws by unelected bureaucrats reinterpreting legislation and applying it to the slaves. And I, I mean, and as I've stated here multiple times, I think my biggest surprise personally out of all this you know, you have expectations, and you, you try and think in the future, okay, who is this really going to apply to? Well, hell, this is going to really apply to the gun community, isn't it? Yes, it is. I can't get their attention. <laughs> I mean, look, I had, Larry uh, Pratt. I, 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 have some. I had Larry Pratt on the program with Brent one day for two hours a few years ago, and we spent the last 30 minutes going over this, and I couldn't get Larry Pratt's attention. I couldn't get Todd Callender's attention. Okay. So, I and, have a bunch of guys uh, here that are waiting for attention. Well, Believe it, Roger. There's a lot going on that you've you've done. I mean, at least for me, I mean, the amount of people I've talked to because of you and turning turning them on to you. Well, it's, it's a it, lot. 
you know when you when you when you sift through the intended complexities, this is really simple. I mean, it's really I have simple. A question for Earth. Oh, hold on a second, Marco. We're enslaved in our minds. Agreed. Marco, what's your question for Irv? I'm just wondering, the people that he spoke to regarding um, your method, uh, are they jumping on or do they have the material they need that they're, to learn from? Well, Irv's been yeah. listening for six months. I'm I'm pretty sure he's probably aware of, of, of the things we've got to help folks like him and them. Yeah, I'll send oh, him yeah. what I've been what I give the new students so he can share it out too. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take anything you want to share. I mean, I sort of started my like I've taken what Roger said, sort of started my own technique of how to explain this. And um, when awesome. I say that, I, I just use their code, pull it out, spell them just like um, I learned from you, and uh, the amount of people that are. There's, there, I have a ton in the wings waiting to see what happens to me, <laughs> but um, there's well, nothing going to happen to me. Well, Irv, you, you tell them this. You tell them we probably still got people waiting to see what happens from some of the original people that heard this 12 years ago. And guess what? With the exception of these local driving things, nothing's happened. No blowback? No nothing? Yes. In fact, somebody sent me um, – uh, a article the other day about, uh, and I couldn't access it because it's a paywall, uh, about Blinken bragging about how many passports applications they're getting, 500,000 a month, something like that? Well, I believe it because uh, they told me 10 to 13 weeks a while ago. Right. And I still haven't got it. I think it was back in well, April. So. And, of course, my question is of, of whatever amounts being sent in, how many of the percentage, what's the percentage of them with affidavits? Wouldn't that be the good question to know the answer to? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I know four because I, there's four people that I've turned on to you and that have done your, your affidavit. So um, off the top of my head, you know. Well, God so, bless you. Um, you know, and see, now now we get into exponentiality, see? We got all you folks that are tuned into this. You probably aren't here on the show today. You may be listening later on the podcast, but you know what's going on. And, and if you can go out and get, Lord of mercy, three, four, five, ten people, and those people, you know, this is the old MLM thing, two, get two, get two, and pretty soon you got a whole bunch of people. And that's what we need to do. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can't get Mike yeah, Allen's I attention. A, I can't get Todd Callender's I, attention. We haven't been able, as of yet, to get on the next biggest size platform for whatever reason. So we got to do it this way. I agree. Yeah, after after I'm, after your show today, I'm going up to a a, um, a gun party. I guess I should say they're having a shoot, and there's a few people up there. I'm going to go catch up with and. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, we, I, I talk about it daily. Good for you. Crazy. Well, it's God bless you, Irv. Come join, us. Come, come join us more often if you can, you know. Uh, we've got several different things that uh, uh, the thing Devin put together, that 49-page thing that really even goes over this. We've got the little trifold flyer that Gary and Gina printed up. That you, the Paul's got them. Uh, com. Isn't that right, Paul? Isn't that where those are? 
docs.exposethematrix.com. Go over there, get that, take it to your printer, go print off some, go hand them out. Hey, are you interested? And here, oh, yeah. here's a tip. Here's a tip. We learned this when I was doing, but way before the internet and doing networking stuff. Okay. Cause I was teaching at the time, so I had access to a copier and I could get in there at night and go run off copious amounts of copies. But the average person didn't have that advantage. They had to go and pay for them however much a piece. Okay. And so you've got something in that you want to, Hey, are you interested in freedom? Sure. You hand it to them, but you make them give you a dollar. Make them give you something for it so they've got something in it, or else it goes home and gets thrown on a desk and never looked at. If they've got something in it, the the chances of them just not looking at it have been minimalized. Yes. Okay, tell them. All, All right. right. Uh, you, after you read it, bring it back. I'll give your damn dollar back. Yeah, that'll work. I can do that. Okay, but the important yeah. point is to All get right. them involved somehow. Emotionally with questions, are you interested in freedom, however you want to pose it, and then have them give you a dollar for it. Now the chances of them looking at it have been greatly increased. For a dollar. Yes. For a friggin' dollar. That sounds like a plan. I'm going to do that for sure. Oh, yeah. so, I need to get my wife involved. I don't know how you get my wife involved. My son, my my son went right in with me. My wife is just looking at me like I don't want to give up my U.S. citizenship. And I keep telling her she's a slave. You're not. So, you're not giving uh, up your U.S. citizenship. You're attaining a higher form of citizenship, who you were meant to have at birth, with God-given rights instead of civil rights under the Fourteenth Amendment. Yes, I, but, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Like, well, you're not the only person. I mean, look, this thing causes schisms in marriages, families, everything else. I've seen it for 30 years. Not our information, because our information is accurate, but just floating these ideas uh, have uh, detrimental effects inside families sometimes. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I'm not worried about that. I she's, know. She's good. It's just that uh, keep talking. Well, it's always better if you and the spouse are on the same page here. It makes you a team. If you're not, you're kind of working against each other, you know. Well, I'm hoping to have the opportunity with my son to walk through security like you have spoke before of and just pass by and watch my wife have to go over there and, and walk through that. Well, and you the know other. that evidently that you, Tim uh, that I mentioned earlier from Arizona is a pilot. And and he was having to fly back and forth on family stuff, and he said they said nobody even recognized my passport card, you know. So you don't know how these lo- local people are going to react. And he wouldn't be Tim H. Like, oh hell, because I, I know a, a Tim a, a Tim uh, that's out there in Arizona also who I spoke to. He's the first one that told me about you. And that was probably is six he, months ago. Is he a pilot? My same is, is he an aviator? Yes. I probably He's seen a pilot. Him. So was I. I mean, oh, okay. I no was problem. a pilot for many years. I lost the eyesight in my left eye. Sort of took me out of flying. So um became an instructor for a, a, a company. Okay. And uh, that's where I've been from. So, and okay. he turned me on to it one day because he'd seen me on uh, Telegram on your channel right. and questioned if it was me 
So we'll see. Yeah, it's like, probably him. Sounds like the same guy. Yeah, and, and and they, you, you, folks, yeah. you, just, you know, you you got to talk about it. All of you listening, oh, yeah. you got to well, talk to people about it. We've got it down real simple. It's non-threatening. You get in a conversation with somebody. Hey, would you like to really understand what's happening wrong and what's going on here? That are you a citizen of the United States or are you a citizen of the United States of America? Presenting the equivocation in a reverse direction and causing people. You're, what we're doing, I mean, really with all this is just planting seeds. Tim planted a seed with Irv. It sprouted. Okay. Sometimes it might not sprout. Sometimes it might not sprout till later. We just don't know. But you got to plant the seed. If you don't plant the seed, none of it's yes. going to happen. Yes. Well, just to let you know, I have four. I have four appointments with people too. So fantastic, Irv. Well, welcome to the group. Nice to meet you. I appreciate your efforts, and so does everybody else. I hope. Okay. Awesome, Irv. Welcome. Thank you. But see, we get enough people out there, and we get this little exponentiality thing working. But man, it'll just grow as a grassroots movement, and then you pop it on one of these platforms, and we get a chance there. Now we got a foundational, a loose knit organization to help support that. But you got to build the foundation. I would have, I'm going to tell you, I would have never dreamed this would be this difficult. I, 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 it beyond my wildest dreams. I thought this would be pretty easy. Get the answer out there. It spreads like wildfire. Well, boy, that ain't how it happens. And that shows you how effectively they've, they've got us programmed in our minds right there. And the multifaceted onslaught with every area of our lives being attacked by these sorry satanic pieces of crap. Slave and bastards. Whole thing's built off slavery, folks. Your whole life has been built off slavery using a medium of exchange that's based on fraud and your future income that's all imaginary. The whole thing's built on that. Unbelievable. So thank you, Irv. Somebody else got something forward this morning? If we can help you at all, you let us know, okay? So thank else? you, Roger. I appreciate it. All right, Irv. Well, glad to have you, man. And I'm somebody wee-weed my Cheerios this morning or something. Um, so uh, who else has got something this morning? Roger, it's fear. The people yeah, a lot have fear about everything. I agree with that. They're, they're scared of losing everything. And they just want to go. They think they have 15 what? years to go of their life. They hold on to whatever they have. They're scared of rocking the boat. Well, see, you, to be free, you got to yeah, be yeah. able to give it all away. you got to be able to put that up for sacrifice to be free or else that and the fear is what change you. C-H-I-N-S. They don't even know where freedom they, have they no don't even idea. know what freedom thing is. They don't have any idea. They don't have any idea. They think they're free now, for God's sake. And and the lack of faith about everything. They have doubt, fear. They are not able to think. Unstable in their mind. Yep. Yeah, our enemies have done a masterful job. Masterful. 
I have noticed when I talk to uh, uh, visitors from outside the country, from any European or most, or even Latin countries, I noticed they could think better. And they say, what's wrong with the American people? Why they do this? They're aware about the war. They're aware about many things. I remember a gentleman I used to hear many years ago. I don't know what happened. He was from South Africa, and his name was Robbie Noel. Noel. And he used to say the most, yeah, he would say that the American people were the most gullible and ignorant of all people they have come in contact. Right. And I begin, uh, well, you know, uh, I got to do a couple of shows with Robbie. Actually, I'm very proud of those. Uh, before he died, I was a big fan of his when he was on RBN there. And uh, was a nice guy. Um, so may- many people probably don't know who he was. He was uh, an icon in our fledgling movement years ago with his financial uh, expertise and background. He was a stockbroker before he got into gold and silver stuff. Yeah, good guy. And he left uh, South Africa. He left South Africa, and he, and this is years ago, and he said this thing, thing is happening here in America. Yep, and he was a radio guy. He was a radio guy when he was in, like me, in his youth over there in South Africa. And I remember he'd talk about they'd play Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall, and the government would try and shut down the radio station. Yeah. So anyway, God bless you, Robbie. But Merce said the truth. Sometimes we cannot get uh, overwhelming, sad, or frustrated, even though I do, because I speak to everybody. But, you know, the truth is not popular. It no. never has and never will. Paul. And she mentioned Jesus. So sometimes when you are by yourself, you should uh, enjoy it, because the truth oh, yeah. only comes to the people that has a good heart looking for solution and when they find it they grab it and embrace it and most people don't want that um paul can you de- can you uh finger up that hl uh, minkin quote with nastasha reading it can you find that real quick paul is he off doing something he's off trying to free some men hey, roger somewhere hey brent Hey, whose voice was deeper, mine or Robbie Noel's? Oh, yours, without a question. You always thought his was. No, Brent, come on. You're you're down. No, you're down Brent. in the. You're down in the bass cleft, buddy. <laughs> now, Robbie, Have you, you ever know here. I never met Robbie face to face, uh, but uh, oh. what Robbie had was not necessarily his voice tenor or texture; was his accent. That was what was so alluring. Yeah, that like, Rhodesian accent was yeah, cool. Yeah, the colonial accent. It's not like somebody from Britain and Paul. It's just a little bit different. It's the colonial accent, and uh, but you get the same feeling when Paul comes on, kind of. I wonder what RBN did with um, his recordings. Well, that's a good question. I don't know if they got him up. I don't know about anything that radio by committee is doing over there these days. Um, if if they got rid of Robbie Noel's archives, it was uh, a stupid thing to do. He was a 
He was a real high-profile guy in our Patriot movement back then, and RBN was more of a station, and he had that wonderful slot in the evening, that you know, the 8, eight to 9 slot central time, which uh, I think, which catches everybody in the country, kind of. Uh, but yeah, we miss Robbie and I was very honored to do a couple of programs with him. I think I've got them saved, saved somewhere. Which quote are you talking about? The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out with regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Almost inevitably, he comes to the conclusion that the government he lives under is dishonest, insane, intolerable. And just think, that was Mencken in the 20s before the bankruptcy. No, I was talking about the one that Nastasha found and sent me, you know, re- reading it. Uh, uh, he, uh, these what? men are outlaws in a democratic society, that that one. But no big deal. It just it fits exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't know which. Uh, I mean, Mankin had so many great quotes. Right. That, but this one, this one um, was exemplary, and uh, Nastasha was reading it. So, anyway. Oh, that was out of your book, wasn't it? Well, the quotes in the book, yeah. That's where okay. she was reading it from. So. All right, I'll go hunt and I'll bring up the book and I'll just search for that quote in the book. Well, whatever. Okay. Brent, uh, Hello. There's somebody there. Brent, uh, Bennett, his co-partner, I still think he has a show in the RBN, and he should know about Robbie Noyes' archive. I, I've, got a, I've got a real problem with Mr. Bennett, and I won't go into it I understand. here, but he is not what he appears to be, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm looking through their site right now, and I don't see don't see it right offhand. And I know they did lose some at one point. There was a problem. So, uh, but they 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 have a bunch that are no longer there. So maybe I'll ask Mike when I get a chance. He's not there today. Mike Slavacek, whatever. All righty. The plain fact is that education is itself a form of propaganda. No, that's not it. Okay. You see, he's got so many great quotes. Um, the demagogue about is the one man's, pre- man's sense of freedom is imaginary or something like that. That's how it starts. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll search for a sense of freedom. Uh, that may not be right, but that's what my sense is. In the interim, while Paul's looking, I'm. Uh, does anybody else have anything? We have any other new folks like area of safety over freedom? I I don't know. Um, he wants the average man wants freedom over sa- or safety over freedom. He wants to hear Nastasha read it. Throughout history, many people find themselves choosing safety over freedom, perhaps the safety of a stable job, safety from physical harm, or even safety from discrimination. As H.L. Mencken, a social critic, claimed the average man wants freedom over safety. He encompasses the human psyche that favors safety over freedom in society. 
However, in our modern society, people opt for safety on the surface, but subconsciously wish for freedom from societal propaganda that one must live a certain way to be considered successful. That's 444 words that ain't it. All right. Well, not important. Anybody else got anything they wanted to bring up this morning? Yeah. Did you guys already bring up the James O'Keefe and what the DHS is doing to him? Uh, no, we haven't talked about that. You want to, I know that they're after him. Uh, what he did something. Oh, uh, he, yeah, oh, he, uh, well, here's he the exposed deal. The, he exposed Pfizer for the fraud they yeah, are. And no, then he no. went after, uh, no. Oh, what was it, Paul? We were talking about last night. It was, he went, uh, at, he went after the schools here as of late and he was getting cameras in DC schools for people to take, to film the perfect, the communist teachers. And they have now come back and said no cameras in any DC school, I believe. Wow. Yeah. There was something else here. See, these people, they cannot oh. handle exposure. They cannot mm-hmm. handle it. And what we do exposes them to the bone, and nothing else does that. It exposes their little scams, whatever it may be, Jan 6th or the, the, the crap in the schools or what, the Pfizer creep. But we expose the whole thing here. So my question would be, if he became a national and discarded his uh, trashy 14th Amendment citizenship, I wonder if they would still come after him or not. Well, I can promise you this. They won't touch me with a 10-foot pole. I'm surprised you're still breathing, Roger. Well, you, you... Well, it may be because I'm out of the country. It may be because they don't want to make me a martyr. Yeah, something. Or maybe well, maybe the spirit is just with you. And, and uh, Well, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I do know this. They're scared as hell of this, folks. And what I love about you and everybody else on this program is uh, they've learned how to control their fear, and they're actually live. Because when you're in fear, you're not live. You're in fear, which is evil if you overindulge in it and extremely hateful and totally stupid because you don't. Well, if you're in fear, you're not using your whole mind. That's right. You're you're a coward. And see, that's the re-empowerment process. The re-empowerment process from getting command and learning the information is what overcomes your fear because now you realize it's all nothing but a paper tiger. And it's that thing, you know, fear stands for fantasized experiences appearing real. And it's those things that stop you in your tracks and in your mind and you never followed through on because of the fear. And when some occasion comes up and you step over that line and you look back at all that and go, what the hell was I so scared about? It's all in your mind. Right. It is. I mean, listen, I'm the perfect perfect example here. Or I'd have found the damn passport thing years earlier. I was scared of interacting with the bastards. Until I made the decision to move to Argentina and had to go get a passport. 
bam, there's the answer. Now, isn't that interesting that in leaving the country and being forced into getting one of these documents is where I find the answer? Isn't that ironic? It's serendipitous. <laughs> it's, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's the way it is. And I'm so happy he did. I'm glad no. that you're you're so happy down there in Ecuador too, living the good life. Well, it's a nice, it's a really a good fight. It's a nice place to live. I mean, honestly, I've I've moved my whole life and different things, different situations. Now I'm off in different countries, and this is a damn nice place to live. I I think it's one of the best. If you were to ask me, said Roger, you got to leave Ecuador. Where where are you going to go? I'd say, hell, I don't know. Quite frankly, though, I think the. So you can come over here and live with me on the funny farm. Well, no, it's a pretty nice place too. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I would. uh, Get past the politics. The the one place that I would consider, I think, from what I've heard from other expats, is Thailand. Except I hate the humidity. But it's supposed to be a very nice place to live. But like the gal I was listening to the other day, uh, I was talking to. She lived over there. She lives here now. And she said, you know, if something happened, it was a 30-hour flight back home. Here, it's four hours. Four or five hours, you're in the States. Boom. Okay? Yeah. So, um, no, Ecuador's a nice place. I'm real, real grateful I was guided here and... It's just a, a nice place. So, in fact, we're going out and have a real nice dinner tonight. My buddy Walt's birthday's today, and we're having about eight or ten people go to this. Uh, I, it's a four or five star restaurant anywhere in the world. It's not super fancy, but it's really classy, and the whole restaurant experience, the from the the waiters to the way they do things to the quality of the food. I mean, it's just all. Excellent. So, looking forward to that this evening. Hi, Roger. Um, yes. This is Shakina. I'm the, the new student um, that I guess we met last week. Yes, I remember um, you, and you were going yeah, away for so the fourth. So, I have a question. Okay, well, welcome I, I, yeah, back. I have a question along the heels of the last question, which was about James O'Keefe and what would happen if he became a national. And so my question, I'm sure that you've gone over it before, but I just didn't, you know, wasn't around to hear the answer. Um, but it's been in my mind, if the J6 political prisoners that are still being held, if they were nationals when they had gone to D.C. on January 6th, could um, would would what's happening to them now still be happening? I don't Or would so. they probably have been treated differently? I, I believe for several reasons. Now, they're charging them with all kinds of BS charges. Uh, but you see, here's the problem the feds have got with this. If they'd have charged them and brought them up in front of a trial and they had an affidavit on file with the Secretary of State, which bypasses the rules of evidence, supposedly, when you're not in these totally rigged uh, trial situations, bypasses the rules of evidence and they can't keep that out. Do you think they want this information in that kind of forum? Yeah, probably not. So they just they may have arrested them and started the process, but once they found out they had affidavits on file, 
then you think they probably would have or maybe would have just been released? I don't think any people that had gone through this process would be in that situation, uh, Shekinah. That's just my personal – we have talked about it on here before. But, you see, that's one yeah. of the things that I think is a real big hole card in our favor. They don't want us to know about it and understand it, but that's one of the reasons I think it tr- stops them on top of the authority part that they don't have now of bringing this up into any public forum they don't want this out it totally is counterproductive to everything they're doing i think that's one of the big tells here for them and the reason that they do ignore it so much because when you file this and i know you're new when you file that paperwork should you two things happen automatically the minute you put it in the mail because it's considered received when you put it in the mail so it gives you your freedom on one side and it exposes all of the levels of their fraud on the other side simultaneously at the same time those two things happen right now I'm so, glad to see um, you. I'm my other to, question. Well, I'm glad. Um, let me just say I'm glad to see you back with us today. I thought you might come back in earlier this week. I know you were off for the fourth, and so I'm glad to see you back with us today. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm just swamped dealing with so many frustrating, you know, personal things. Um, but what I decided was even if I have to do some paperwork. I can still tune in and just listen to the show, even if I, you know, don't have the time yet to continue with, you know, the um, the radio, the lessons, you know, because I know you only covered a little bit the first time I was on, even though you were talking about it for two hours. But I, you know, at, I figured instead of, you know, other stuff that I used to listen to or watch in the morning if I'm doing my paperwork. I, I will instead just tune in here and just listen, okay. and it'll slowly sink in more and more. That's what um, happens. The, so, sorry. I said that's what happens. Yeah. Don't, don't forget you so got, ar- the, you the, got the, archives, too. The question par- – pardon? You got archives, six years of archives to listen to, too, if you need to <laughs> dip back to those. Yeah, that's – May I interrupt just yeah. for a second? Yes, Mer. Sure. Oh, I do have my mute off. Okay, Paul, check your Gmail. I sent you, it's from June 22nd, if you just want to go there in the cast box, and it's about 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Nastasha reads the, uh, it's a recording of her reading the Minkin quote from Sovereign to Serve. Okay, thank you, Mara. Go ahead, Chicana. Oh, okay, thanks. So, um, yeah, so the question I had um, has to do with you know, the timing of when I do the affidavit. Um, I, you know, learned in Dan Mentz's or, or yeah, I in, or heard in Dan Mentz's workshop, you know, it, before submitting the affidavit, everything legal um, needs to be tied up so that everything is resolved, complete, including traffic tickets. And as you know, I have a, uh, trial date on the 24th of this month and I'm still trying to figure out um, you know what to do in that regard and we discussed some of it last time but then when I was talking to somebody else from this group 
they said, well, maybe um, you should just become a national now, even though the traffic ticket thing isn't tied I, up. I yet. don't think I don't um, think because that, at least they won't. I don't think Dan's so, statement yeah. is, is real accurate. I'm not sliding him. OK, but it doesn't matter when okay. you do this. If you got stuff outstanding, you're going to have to deal with whatever's outstanding in your previous personal capacity. In other words, you can't go in to something that happened previously, as we discussed with your situation, and come up and say, oh, between when that happened and now I'm a national, so that doesn't apply. Well, that that doesn't work. Right. Yeah, that I, I understand. I thought there might have been some other reason. Um, for example, I mean, I'm just... I'm just making things up in my head as to like what he meant by that. So I thought perhaps if I have outstanding, you know, this is a legal situation that hasn't been resolved yet. And in the middle of that, I become a national. I thought perhaps that would um, create some kind of, um, a, you know, situation where I wouldn't be able to resolve the other issue no. or, I don't know why. So, uh, but it was suggested to me by somebody from this group that I should do it sooner rather than later, even though I'll still be resolving the traffic ticket thing because that may hang on for a while. Right. And I'm kind of itching to do the affidavit we'll do because it. I really just want to get out of this that system. Uh, if I may be stopped again. It, uh, you know, there may be transactions that are impacted. No. Um, you know, so I wanted no. to get your opinion on that. Okay. The traffic ticket thing, like if I do just ask, if I am just found guilty by this biased judge, um, and because of the costs involved, I might just ask for community service and traffic school, and, and, you know, and the community service thing may drag on for a couple more months, you know, preventing me from submitting the affidavit because no. that will take a while to tie no, up don't, the loose ends. Don't, don't let those things uh, hamper you. If, you. if you're chomping at the bit to do it and you feel that you've got uh, at least – here's what it is. Either you get command of the information before you do it, or if you file the affidavit, you make a commitment to yourself to get command of the information. What I'm trying to alleviate is people sending in paperwork where they don't know jack shit. Right. Okay. Well, how does one know when they have enough of a command of the information? If, for example, the book that you sent me, if I read that whole thing, even though I know that was from years ago and there's a lot of new information that's come out since then, but if I if I read that book, will that be a good enough command of the situation? Well, you'll you know, have a, you'll have the a, affidavit, you'll, or do I need a lot more than that at no, this point? No, I'm on the really, after show. All you and try and stump the chumps. Stump the chumps. All, all you need to be able to say is I'm a national and back it up. And if they try and buffalo you, you don't want them to be able to buffalo you. You have come and see there is no, oh, you have to do this, read these pages and do this worksheet. I don't have anything like that. Okay. The, 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 yeah. The, the line of demarcation here really is the uh, judge learned hand statement of to defend one's rights, one must be a belligerent claimant. So you've got to be able to stand up if you're confronted and defend your position. And I don't, that may, that varies with individual to individual. 
you know? But yes, have- and it depends on the situation one is in as well. Uh, you know, and there's a myriad right. of situations one can mm-hmm. be in where you might need to defend your position in a little bit different way, perhaps. Absolutely, but you see, right. when it all boils down to it, what you are is your decision, and they can't overcome that. Or else they're open yes. tyrants. I have it. Thank you, Mur. Okay. Why don't you, since we spent so much time on this, why don't you play it? Because it's good. Let's go. I want to share this quote from Sovereign to Surf by Roger S. Sales. And the quote is from H.L. Mencken, Baltimore Evening Sun, February 12th, 1923. And I think many of us during these last 900 plus days um, have experienced this in seeing that um, few really desire liberty. So the quote is, the fact is that the average man's love of liberty is nine-tenths imaginary exactly like his love of sense, justice, and truth. He is not actually happy when free. He is uncomfortable, a bit alarmed, and intolerably lonely. Liberty is not a thing for the great masses of men. It is the exclusive possession of a small and disreputable minority like knowledge, courage, and honor. It takes a special sort of man to understand and enjoy liberty. And he is usually an outlaw in democratic societies. Unquote. Bingo. Powerful quote. Uh, Nail hit by hammer on his head. (laughs) And, uh, And you know what always strikes me when I read that or hear it is that phrase, and he's intolerably lonely. That's why we've got this forum right here, so you don't feel like that. Thank God. Hey, Roger. Yes. Hey, it's Byron. I wanted to uh, comment on uh, having command of the information. Um, The first question that she was asking about was uh, asking about the ones in front of the, the, with the January 6th stuff. There's actually a documentary. It was a hit piece, and it had uh, it was on Bobby Lawrence, on Chris. His name's not Chris. The vaccine police guy, whatever his name is, and it was something else. But there was a lady in there who was becoming a national, so that she could go to court on that January sixth stuff and stand there as a national. And she didn't have command of the information. Nope. She tried to rush through. To be something that she had no idea what it was and the courts ran through her there and then when she got in the courtroom like she lost control she lost control of her emotions um she didn't know what she was doing and they just picked her apart in there and it, I, I i don't know if she's still in prison or not didn't sovereign citizen come up in that discussion yes i'm pretty sure it did well, you got to be so, able to say, um, no, I'm not a sovereign citizen. 
you got to be able to take and confront that. And we've had a couple of examples. What do you say? No, I'm not a sovereign citizen. I'm a national. Well, see, now they don't know what to do. But doesn't D.C. have its own? They're they're not even part of the United States. That the Vatican and London. So I mean, they have their own sets of rules, and that's the problem. Well, I they're think. still going under federal law, but they've got a very corrupt judiciary and jury pool. Is the problem? Hey, Roger. There's a fun interview out there. It's Russell Brand interviewing Tucker Carlson, yeah. and he's talking about the January sixth right. stuff. Right. And that he had interviewed the head of the Capitol Police. Correct. And they wouldn't air it. Correct. And, you know, he was saying, you know, exposing a lot of the crimes, the, cap- the, the head guy, of the Capitol Police. His name was... And, and Tucker towards the end of it. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll comment when so, you finish, Lisa. Tucker towards the end of it says, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, but me exposing the truth and I'm the bad guy? Yeah. F you. Yep. Which was fun hearing coming out of Tucker's mouth. Well, that's good. Yep. I'm sure his wife probably wanted to wash his mouth out with soap. But, uh, yeah, he interviewed the guy that was the head of the Capitol Police who uh, worked directly for Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi runs ran D.C., just like Kevin McCarthy does now. And he told him he's an unbiased guy, and he said that crowd was full of government agents. Full. Yeah, and he was forced to resign, and I watched that. When he resigned, he said, I'm being forced to resign, even though I requested seven times to have additional backup for the crowd we knew was coming, and it was denied. But I am going to have to resign. Yep. Yep. They've really pooped in the buckwheat with this January 6th thing. But they get away with it still because of the well, control of the media. Well, so few people want to go out there and look for the truth to, again. To a certain extent, a lot they're losing control with their media because they're losing viewers left and right. And this topic, as it gets further exposed, is going to lead up to the next year and a half of that to that election next year. It's just going to continue to get exposed. Here's another. Another little thing there. You know Pelosi's uh, son-in-law, Netherlands, right? He has his TV show and stuff. So they had that all set up to go and filming and everything. And uh, well, we kind of know that and all the infiltration and stuff. But you know they work with dates and astrology and numbers and all that stuff. January 6th is the Russian Orthodox, uh, well, on the Julian calendar, so it covers a lot of territory, Christmas Eve. And they're very devout about that. These people, the whole family, stay up all night, you know, and they're with the priest and they're doing their different things they do, you know. So uh, they wanted to tar that date. You know what I mean? That's how they do with their spell casting, right? Have you repeat what they want you to repeat and in a negative or a positive way, right? Like they keep pushing the whole hoax, right? Trying to make it positive well, constantly. Well, I doubt they just it. had another another thing where um, in uh, Munich, uh, they're saying now that this uh, synagogue was knocked down by Hitler. Well, actually, it was a zoning thing, and apparently he gave uh, the Jews that were there money for it when they took it down. 
and and, and if it happened at all, and the ore could have been mowed down by the allies, the allies, right? But what they're saying is they found Ten Commandments five miles away in the river that came from there. 85 years it's been in the river, supposedly, but there's no algae on it. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Again, I'd like to extend an invitation to the newcomers, whether you're on uh, PPN Studio 2 or Reconference Call, uh, PPN Radio Ranch, and uh, test your metal against us. There you, you go. Know, ask us any questions you want, you know, because you're testing our metal as to what we know. It's iron sharpens iron. Shekana, did we get your questions answered, sweetie, while we got you here? A few minutes left. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to ask those couple of things right now. So, um, yeah, I, I think what you said was, um, it's all right to do the affidavit before tying up the traffic ticket situation, yes. which may yes. drag on for a, at least a couple to few months. But I should have a good command. I don't anticipate. I think being in court is probably going to be the most sticky situation where somebody really needs to have the, you know, a good sense of what's going on. That's probably the the ultimate situation. And I don't have any um, other court situations coming up. Um, after the traffic ticket hearing. So I think I'll have some time, even if I do the affidavit sooner rather than later, I think I'll have some time um, to, you know, get the information under my belt. Um, so, and, and the other one about the January 6th political prisoners, I was just kind of curious because I've been thinking about that. So yeah, for now, those questions well, are answered. Well, and know- thank you so much for you, you know, for sending the book, I really appreciate it, and I'm I'm really looking forward to you know going through that and um, getting getting a better sense of confidence um, in you know what it means to have to have the affidavit and also to talk to other people about it. And it's a process, Shekinah. It's just you're just gonna have to work through it. It depends on the individual and the time you. Of course, an energy and effort you put into it. I did connect you with uh, the other lionesses in the pride out there. Did you hook up with them? Uh, not yet. I've really been swamped, but I do have your email with their names and contact info. So thank you very much. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've got that. I I think for me, I came to a point even even before the um you know taking dan's workshop and learning the difference between the sovereign citizen thing which i studied years ago and the being a national i i got fed up with things um you know just in the last two or three years probably since the stolen election really um and you know being aware of what california is doing with people's you know tax money i just came to a point where it's like i do not want to be a part of this anymore i'm i'm just at the end of my personal rope i don't care what happens the the only sense of responsibility i feel it's like i don't care what i go through but i have 
animals to take care of that depend on me that are kind of like my kids. So that's the thing that worries me more than anything is like if something were to happen to me um, and I got locked up or something, I'm more worried about what's going to happen to my my, you know, fur babies um, than myself. But but I really came to a point of just being fed up with what's going on. And so to have come across your group and this information, it's 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 almost like I was guided here, divinely guided here as a natural result of the fed upness. It's like, OK, then it's like this has been brought to me to continue my journey because I was just resolute in my mind, but I didn't know how to proceed. And now I, I'm just grateful that I feel like I know how to proceed. Well, we're going to give you your same May I suggest? Yeah, go ahead, suggest. Uh, go down to the courthouse and uh, just sit in on some uh, proceedings. Get the feel for it. Practice your deep breathing exercises and uh, control that fear because I've been there a bunch of times and they are intimidating little rascals. Oh, yeah. They These are. little tyrants. They're yeah, little tyrants, that's all is I what got. they are. They're tyrants. And yeah, that and, helps. Hopefully, Shekana, you won't have to confront this again. I can't say absolutely that you won't, but hopefully, you won't. And if we do things properly, I think we marginalize any chance of you having to go through that again. I can't say exclusively because these little local fiefdoms and some of them just don't want to listen and don't want to admit fraud and that they don't have the power they think they do over you anymore. Okay. Hey, it is important to get that affidavit in, though. I don't know. Did you get to listen to Sarah's story? And if you don't mind, I'll tell you what I put in my affidavit. It's probably the shortest one ever. I took that same sentence. Uh, what is where is Sarah's story? Was that something on December, on this um, December the fourth? This call? No, it was a, a call in from Sarah with an experience she had with the affidavit and CPS in Colorado, and it's on December the fourth of last year in the archives. Or somebody's oh, probably yeah, I got think it. I have that in my notes. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I have that in my notes to, to listen to. Yeah, it shows you the importance of it, how powerful it is. It's sixteen and a half minutes, so it's not that long and right. very, very good. And, but in my affidavit, yeah. I had one sentence. You know how Roger says you only need one sentence? Well, mine actually does have just one sentence, and it says I, and I have my name, and instead of being duly sworn, I put affirm being affirmed by God. Declare my intention to be a national and not a citizen of the United States. That's, all you that's need exactly to... what they have on their paperwork. So that's what I used. And there's not enough there to rebut. They can't when rebut you it. say they have that on their paperwork, who is they? Sign. That's travel.state.gov. Um, that yeah, sentence, I don't know. That You're sentence, on the phone, right? That sentence is on a State Department policy document called a Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality. Okay, and we don't have time to go into it right now, but... I'll send it to her, Roger. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. Thank you. And I send, it, I send you that um, cast box link for that uh, that little recording for Sarah oh, yeah. on your email, um, Shakana. I don't know okay. if you received it, so just let me know. 
just respond back. I'll send you the other data too. You know, it's the the end of Sarah's story. She says, so if you haven't done it yet, I advise you pull the trigger. There are all kinds of situations I'm realizing that would benefit from not being in the jurisdiction. For example, I was down at the animal shelter um, for something recently and you know they're talking about um you've got to have a dog license and you've got it's got to have its shots and if you don't fix your pet by the time it's i don't know if it's four or six months old then there are hefty fines and i'm just and this just has to do with having like a dog or cat and there's all this stuff that they just heap on top of you and i was standing there listening and thought you know i bet nationals don't need these these dog licenses and nationals won't get fined if they don't, you know, no. fix their animal by four months. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but no, it is. I, I'm, you know, it was just, like, here's another situation where I bet it's impacted. Here's, here's the line of demarcation for you. Any of these man-made laws don't apply to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. I do want to just comment in terms of the gentleman who who just said I should go and sit in at the courtroom and all of that. I was actually surprised at myself. I I think this traffic ticket, I've already been um, in the court hearing three times. And I I studied, um, even though, you know, I'm not a national and all of that, I had written a couple of motions I studied different case law and penal codes, you know, that indicate what's supposed to be going on and that I have, you know, have the right to this and the right to that. And um, because she left my case till the very, very end, because she probably didn't want anybody else except the, the court clerk to hear what I was saying. You know, I had plenty of time, like a couple hours at least each time to just sit in the courtroom and um, read through my notes over and over and over. And I was surprised how, how much I stood up to this woman because, you know, I didn't, I, 